Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. This season, our third season, we want to help our listeners learn how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization, how to minimize disruption, and even normalize the concept that change is constant. We plan to do this by exploring the eight themes we covered in our second season. We refer to these as the eight tenets that drive meaningful, impactful, and sustainable change in an organization. For today's episode, I'm really excited to talk with John Luckenbach and Matt Stevens from the Queued Up podcasting team. And I'm really excited for you, our listeners, to meet these two individuals because they're the men behind the magic as well as Izzy, who I'll give a shout out, although she's not on the call today. These are the folks that have helped me bring the Survive and Thrive podcast to the production marketplace. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And I'd love to have you do a little intro about yourselves. And then I'll get into why we're actually having some podcast producers on our call today. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, thanks, Jen. I'm Matthew Stevens. I'm the head of marketing and content strategy here at Queued Up. I'm responsible for helping podcasts like yours better engage with their existing audience while attracting new listeners. I've worked for USA Today, Fox Media, and then owned a marketing company for a little more than a decade. Awesome. John. I'm John Luckenbolt, and I'm the owner and chief audio engineer of Queued Up, where my job is to produce content that sounds great and will inspire an audience to take action. I have over 20 years of experience in broadcast media with the past 10 years primarily in the podcasting industry. Now, at Queued Up, we've processed over 26,000 hours of audio since incorporating and over the past three years have published more than 1,000 podcast episodes for clients, including the Penn State Health System, the Hershey Company, ESPN, C-SPAN, Volkswagen, and Sheets, to name a few. So our listeners might be thinking, scratching their heads, saying, gosh, this is a podcast about how organizations can not only uh, survive but thrive and change. So why are we bringing a podcast team in? Just for a little background, given some of the rapid change over the last 18 months with the pandemic and an accelerated consumption, I would say, around audio content, one of the things that I wanted to explore with this team today was how organizations can leverage something like a podcast um, internally for their organizations to increase engagement, especially when we are at a time where communications are so critical. It just seems like there's a real interesting opportunity here for organizations to tap into a tool that they might not have been thinking about in terms of being able to reach their audience and their employees, especially if we know based on stats, which I'm sure we'll talk about, that audio content is certainly an, an area that continued to see growth over the pandemic and continues to grow. And people seem to be um, consuming more podcasts than ever. So anyway, let's talk a little bit first about what is an internal podcast. I'm going to I'm going to make a little bit of an assumption here that our listeners hopefully know what an external podcast is or what a podcast is. Otherwise, I'm not sure um why they're listening today, but anyway, this is a podcast people. Let's talk about what an internal podcast is. Can you help describe that for our listeners today? An internal podcast, as you mentioned, is a little bit different than an external podcast. An external podcast goes out 
to audiences everywhere. An internal podcast, just like an intranet uh, for a company, stays within the company. So it might have important company information, or it might just be a way to communicate with your employees a little bit better directly that way. You know, as I think about an internal podcast and the power this might bring for some organizations to be able to reach a broad audience, especially perhaps an audience at scale. What have you seen? Are other organizations doing this? I mean, can you share some examples maybe of what you've seen out there or even maybe some clients that you've worked on that have this internal podcast or are thinking about this internal podcast? It's definitely a a growing medium for brands to incorporate internal podcasts, especially to have more effective and engaging communication with their employees. A couple of examples of brands that we've worked with are Penn State Health and the Hershey Company, where they came across issues on how to communicate with their employees, both in office and remotely. And one of the things that they found was that internal podcasts are easily consumable, they're flexible, and they're secure. And it's a really good format for building communication and culture in these dispersed teams, especially during this time. That's really interesting. And I mentioned sort of at the beginning of this that we're seeing a lot of uptick in audio consumption in general. So it seems like this might be a very natural thing for for companies to think about. Let's talk a little bit just generally on what have been your observations regarding the market, audio consumption, increase in podcast consumption as a way for people to get news and information? Maybe just share some of those sound bites first. And then, you know, we could talk a little bit about how that might apply when we think about something like employee engagement. So the pandemic has changed how company leaders need to communicate with employees to be effective. We've seen that through three seasons of Survive and Thrive. So the distributed workforces, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And there was a WorkVivo survey that found that 90% of employees will stay with a company longer if working from home remains an option, Jen. So as employers figure out new communication methods with their teams, they should really consider using podcasts as a wider strategy of employee engagement. The growth of internal podcasts certainly reflects a wider move toward communicating creatively. Company-wide emails and lecturing bulletins, they're not really effective anymore if, you know, if they're not in office, right? Back to survive and thrive here, Jen. When interviewing business leaders during the pandemic, some of the main themes have been changing the workplace to remote, but also for leadership becoming more empathetic. And to really come across as empathetic, you can hear it in, in tone, which comes across better in audio rather than email. So podcasts can give the tone of being more authentic as opposed to emails and newsletters. So it, it, it definitely has a lot of benefits. Yeah, I'll follow up with that by saying that, uh, you know, years in journalism and in print media, people don't read. <laughs> I think we've all experienced that, either emails getting missed or... Uh, newsletters not getting opened up, or even for that matter, it's just people read headlines and they don't read the whole story. So therefore, if you're trying to disseminate important information among your staff, uh, that's difficult to do. So you want to create something that is engaging and interesting. And what better way than a really cool podcast to be able to talk directly to your employees, to your staff members, to your leaders, 
to be able to push the information that you want and make it fun, as, as fun as you can. We found that engagement rates are below 20% for internal communication, but internal podcasts, they've shown to drastically outperform with engagement rates of up to 60%. It's a no-brainer when you look at the stats. That's impressive. And I remember from one of your prior episodes, which maybe you can include in the show notes, where you give a lot of information about listener behavior. One of the stats you share is that whoever a listener is, when they start a podcast, they're likely to go through and complete 80 to 100% of that. If I don't know what the exact stat is, but my point is that they're, um, pe- people that are listening tend to listen to the full content. Is that I'm not speaking out of term here. I'm, I'm not making that up. No, you're you're 100% right. 80% of listeners listen to all or most of a podcast episode. That's great. And I think one of the other comments I remember from a previous episode that you were on is that most podcast listeners are tuning in to learn something new, which kind of makes sense. Like, why else are you going to that medium and collecting information? Yeah, I think if you look around for any people that are podcast listeners normally, Uh, Look around. There's true crime podcasts. There are informational, educational podcasts. That really makes up a large portion of the podcast landscape externally. So clearly people are tuning in, wanting to digest that information in a way that they might not be able to do so through reading and reading comprehension. Yeah, and that makes sense. And especially as you think about people that are like all of us, how many of us take walks and listen to podcasts, etc. And I do also recall some earlier statistics you talked about on how the numbers of people that are using their mobile devices, et cetera, to listen to podcasts and how many hours in a week they're actually consuming content on those podcasts. Imagine the power that an organization can harness by putting some content out through a a forum that then people can use as a way to get not just information about the organization, but maybe there might be some information that organization's going to share that's relative to news, what's happening, et cetera. Perhaps they want to distribute information even on how, you know, latest state of affairs around the pandemic and how that's impacting their organization or what what is expected or not expected. So it just seems like a great way to reach a, a very mobile audience that might be virtual or hybrid, et cetera. It is, it is. And as we found throughout the pandemic that use cases for podcasts, the the way that people listen to podcasts are when doing things like chores, washing the dishes, you'll have a podcast on. If you're still commuting to the office, that's a great opportunity to have it on. People are tuning away from AM, FM radio and more into streaming music and podcasts as a way to do that. So it's a very passive activity where if you're walking around the office, going to the water cooler, you can have your earbuds in. The proliferation of Apple earbuds and and wireless earbuds as well have made that even easier. So yes, 65% of podcast listeners listen to a podcast from a portable device, smartphone, tablet, smart assistant is also another big one. And again, uh, being able to tune in on your car through something like Apple Play or Android Auto uh, is super helpful. And then Jen, you mentioned as well, 82.4% of podcast listeners listen more than seven hours a week to podcasts. To take that a little bit further, Matt, podcast listeners average eight podcasts a week. That's incredible. It makes sense as we think about this acceleration of consuming audible content in the marketplace and some of the you've talked about on your show, by the way, for our listeners, um, these these gentlemen have a fantastic 
podcast themselves called the um, Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. And there's some great, you know, statistics and about the behavior changes in the marketplace around audio consumption, et cetera. That's super interesting. What players are in this marketplace? What investments are being made? But it's not a surprise to me because you think about the fact that we learn how to hear as human beings before we even know how to speak or how to read. So it's a very natural and easy way for us to absorb information. When I think about how this could be applied in an internal organization, one of the constant problems we see doing a number of change management initiatives and business transformation initiatives is a communication breakdown. Time and time again, there is inconsistent delivery of information that goes from the leadership through management layers out to field resources, etc. So this just seems to me to be a way to have a powerful mechanism or tool to be able to articulate the vision from a leadership perspective, what that means, what changes are happening, what people can expect. And that message is consistently delivered to the entire organization. Everybody gets the same information. I also see, you know, we've talked to this team and, you know, we've explored this concept. I've explored this concept with a few other folks as well. Actually, I was talking to, we just interviewed Huda Javidia, who was with us a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking even prior to our, our podcast recording about the effectiveness of communications and how people need to consume information and really be told information a number of times. and that that is such a critical source for people to feel some sense of engagement. So, you know, we were just exploring all of the possibilities that could be leveraged by an internal organization for the use of an internal podcast. I have a bunch of ideas around this, but I'd like to just explore with you both. There's some interesting stats out there on employee engagement that might be interesting to highlight first to our listeners. And then we could bounce around some ideas on how this might be important for consideration by these folks out there who might think this is intriguing. What we found here, Jen, was that 74% of employees say they're missing out on company information and news. And only 21% of internal communicators believe employees have a good understanding of why senior leaders make the decisions they do. Wow, that is amazing. Think about that. 74% of employees say they're missing out on company information and news. <laughs> like, hello, that's a big number. So this just seems like a no-brainer for me, the power that having some kind of an internal podcast can bring. And some of the things that jump to my mind in terms of application, and, and maybe you've seen this in your conversations and with your clients, are a consistent onboarding experience. Too often, clients that I have seen or I've worked with or have talked to or myself have experienced just an inconsistency in information with regards to the onboarding experience that creates a lot of confusion for individuals that are trying to get in and get integrated and be productive. Definitely an onboarding podcast would be beneficial because you could dive into like benefits, policies, team culture, and your company's values, vision, and mission. So it's all right there for people when they're just joining your, your organization. Exactly. It also could be a channel that serves, as we talked about, information. So what's going on, um, current news, both internally and externally. And and that if you use that as a source that people 
get accustomed to. So, hey, if I tune into my company's podcast, I'm going to get some sound bites on what's happening, not only internally, some things that I might want to be aware of, maybe an upcoming meeting or um, an all hands event, etc. But I'm going to get some interesting sound bites about what's going on externally and what is my company's point of view on that. And I could see that being really important, especially when there's a state of, uh, of emergency like the pandemic, when suddenly you're in a situation where you've got to get communications out fast and you're scrambling to get town halls together or get your phone tree organized or whatever it is. If you're able to build in behavior in the organization that says, come to this podcast as a first stop for information, it's a really powerful way to get out special announcements. You can even do cool things like featuring employees uh, who want to share information about projects they're working on. Uh, It's a great way to potentially celebrate your employees and give them the spotlight because let's face it, we all feel really cool when we're interviewed on a podcast. We could take a couple examples from what what we're doing here, Jen. So with the Penn State Health, during the pandemic, they used the podcast to send information out to their contractors, their employees, to all their doctors within their network on the latest happenings of COVID. And whether I was talking to supply chain leaders within the organization, with infectious disease doctors, everybody can be more up to date with the happenings within not only the hospital system, but also what's going on worldwide with the progression of COVID. We've talked about it a little bit, but the idea of daily virtual meetings, 38% of remote employees feel exhausted by daily remote virtual meetings. Uh, By being able to do something like this, we talked about the passiveness of podcasting. I'm now not forced to be there at one o'clock to throw on clothes, to do the things that, you know, really are the exhausting parts of being in a meeting every single day. I'm able to digest this and get it when I want to when it fits within my schedule, but I'm still able to get the information that I would get from a Zoom meeting. The other thing with that, Matt, is, for example, the Hershey company, if you're setting up a Zoom meeting and you're the Hershey company that is global, your team is spread out everywhere. So if you're setting a time for 8 a.m. Eastern time and you're in China or you're in LA or wherever you are as a sales rep, you're going to have to wake up really early And so podcasting was a way for a Hershey company to connect with all their sales reps, 60,000 employees on the latest products that they were, they were putting out and any sales initiatives that they were doing and just basic tips and tricks on like end caps and, and, and things that they were setting up in stores and how to do like a holiday setup. And it was, it was very fascinating. You know, that gets to another application of this when you think about colleges, universities, any kind of academic organization, institution, whatever. This could be a great way for them to package some lessons, some content that they might want to distribute broadly to their students. Maybe there's some sort of 101 courses or examples that you might want to provide on a, over a podcast uh, for consumption of that learning content. So I think there's a lot that we are just really beginning to think about uh, with regards to how powerful this can be as an internal communications tool. So what are your thoughts on using internal podcasts for building culture? Oh, yeah. 
I think this would be a really cool way because back to an earlier comment I made, this is something that leaders can use to highlight individuals in the organization and have them tell stories about how they're living the values of that organization. And when you have somebody in your organization, an employee standing up and saying, hey, this is how I live the value or this is or even better. I worked with Joan and I want to give a shout out to Joan because I was working on this particular assignment. I was really struggling. I didn't know if I was going to be able to meet the deadline. And she stepped up and she jumped in and helped me do these things. And and that, in my mind, represents the value. And this is what our company is about. So it becomes a way to amplify your culture and really gets people connected in a way that is more organic. Not to say that communications from the leadership isn't effective and important, but it's really powerful once you're able to get some traction from the employees and have some organic reinforcement of the values of an organization so that it becomes part of what people do and how they think and not something that they're doing because their leader told them to do. So you think it would benefit employee attraction and retention because it would build a, a strong sense of purpose within your team? It's one of the tools that could be leveraged for sure to help with engagement, especially if we're hearing some of these um, statistics around employees not being connected to the communications or not receiving some of the communications. One of the biggest factors, and we talked about this, uh, Steve Van Balen on my last podcast interview, we talked about the McKinsey report that was recently published that that uh, pointed to the number one feeling that is needed going forward for individuals is to have a sense of belonging in the organization. And so if you don't know what's going on, or you don't have access to information, or you don't know where to go to get information, then that's one way that it that erodes at that sense of belonging. But the other aspect of this is when you hear people around you in your community doing things and they're sharing stories about the way that they're living the values in an organization, it creates a connectedness because you both talked about this on one of your earlier podcasts with Izzy around the power of the narrative story. So how we relate to others and we're hearing stories that they're telling and in some way we connect to what they're saying and it creates a sense of community. It creates that sense of belonging. So absolutely, I think this is a way that organizations can foster greater engagement. That would be the the buzzword employee experience, right? Yeah. This could be one of the ways that you improve employee experience. All employee experience means is employee engagement is a byproduct or and the result of creating an improved employee experience. So all of the levers that you pull in order to create a better employee experience will help you with employee engagement. So things like an internal podcast are one one piece of something that can be built into an employee experience plan. That's huge, Jim, what you just said there, using it as a piece of the puzzle. If you're going out just strictly doing an internal podcast, that's probably not the way to do it. But to have an entire plan where you include the podcast to to engage with your employees, I think that's that's key. We're not doing this today. So I'm just kind of talking out loud here. And perhaps this is something our listeners, you know, might also use as a springboard for ideas. But let's say, for example, you are trying to address a, a cultural issue, or there's some friction in your organization that you're trying to address. 
if you come at it with the full perspective around what is that employee experience that you want to create? What is that positive human experience that you want to create? There may be multiple things that you decide to plan and action to support better employee experience and therefore a better, a more engaged workforce. And that could look something like, okay, we know that we have some issues around accountability in our organization, or we have some issues around communication in our organization. We're going to do some trainings or some courses on ways to effectively communicate or tips and tricks on how to help lead your people in a way that they feel that they have greater accountability. So maybe you put together some sort of training uh, initiative, but then there's a complementary component to that that involves perhaps some kind of coaching for your people leaders, because it's a big part of helping your employees at large feel more engaged when they feel that they have the support of their leaders. And then maybe perhaps you take a step back and look at the mission, vision, values of the company. Um, How can you create some connectedness to the purpose of the organization by that individual? And perhaps you decide, okay, we're going to start to put together a way to illustrate behaviors that that illuminate the values of our organization. And we're going to do that by highlighting some really cool stories. And we'll do that via a podcast. And we'll also do that by some video distribution for the organization that shows examples of how people are living the behavior that we want to embrace in the future. It can be one piece of a multi-pronged approach when it comes to addressing employee engagement at large. I remember Steve saying, like, you know, obviously highlight the accomplishments, that type of stuff like that clearly makes a lot of sense. And that's something that we saw in the Hershey podcast, where each week they would have a bell ringing ceremony where they would call up the person who made the most sales or did something. They did the same thing. So each week they made sure they highlighted the accomplishments of of someone within the the organization. One of the things that comes to my mind as we're talking and we think about uh, creating a sense of belonging and also the challenge the pandemic has created where people are in virtual situations and they at times feel disconnected from each other and they're getting burned out on Zooms. The way to get connected to each other is to learn about each other and be curious. So something like an internal podcast that you are using for information distribution, maybe for recognition, etc., could also be a way to highlight stories of individuals and who they are and their backgrounds and whatever else they want to share. So you might even do something like a weekly spotlight on hey, let's do a weekly spotlight on Matt. I bet nobody knew that Matt has a killer chocolate chip cookie recipe. So, you know, it can just be a real, you know, three minutes where someone gets on and says, you know, I'm Matt, here's a little bit about my background and maybe answer one question that might be something that people wouldn't think to ask, which could be something like, I love this question that Steve often asks uh, when we do workshops together. What is one value growing up that has shaped what you, you know, shaped your thinking today? How many of us ask that question of our colleagues? Um, It's not a normal question. But wouldn't it be cool if you just ask something like that, which provides a very different perspective on that individual, and then you're showcasing that individual, sort of spotlighting that individual, and people are learning about that person. Like, wow, that's so, I didn't know. Because what comes out in that is not necessarily just the value, but then you learn, 
hey, well, I grew up, you know, my dad was in the military and we moved every two years. And the last place we lived was in Japan, where I grew up until I was seven and then whatever. I don't know. But you just like, oh, wow, I didn't I, I had no idea. So there's some really interesting things that can come out of those kinds of ways to create connectedness. That was one of the favorite segments that we did for the Hershey podcast as well, Jen. It was a it was a small feature segment called From the Desk Of. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the host would go up to a person within the organization's desk to their cubicle or whatever. You would hear the ambience of the of the of the workplace, but then they would sit down for two, three minutes and just ask them questions about who they are and and what they like to do outside of work and it was definitely a, one of the most popular segments of the weekly podcast we did with for them. And I think as we discuss the promoting values of the company of of certain divisions uh, within a company, I think this is a great way to also say, you know, internal podcasts don't always have to just be internal. They can be for public consumption as well. And mm. what better way to tell potential new employees through your recruiting process that hey, we're the type of company you want to work with listen to our podcast, you can hear us espouse these values, espouse these uh, ideas that we have. You get a chance to hear directly from leadership in there and, and, and hear from our employees who are happy, healthy, and, and will speak highly of us. Uh, what better way to recruit than to show what type of company you are really? That's a great point. And I know that there are some companies that are doing that. They've created some external podcasts so that you can actually learn information not only about them, but just about, you know, points of view. So that's a really that's a really interesting point, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we see certainly again, external podcasts are, are a great way of this as well. But, you know, things like women in the workplace, uh, women in, in tech, if you're a tech company, what better way to again highlight the hiring practices that you want, the diversity that you want, than to promote those things through a podcast in a fun and engaging way. Again, if your choice as an employee is between two different spots, one of them has clearly shown the values that you want as diversity and inclusion, and the other one isn't, which one are you probably going to go to if all other things are equal? It's, it's going to be the one that clearly values you as an individual. Right. Great point. And what does that look like? Well, Survive and Thrive is an example of that. So that's a company podcast. It's Consinity's podcast. And it's all about how do we help people think about and come up with new creative ways to not just survive, but thrive and change. Where are we seeing the trends go from an audio consumption perspective? And with those statistics, if you're a leader in an organization and you're not thinking about how you could leverage an audio experience, you're missing out because that is a primary source that people are using to get information. When a business is going to make an investment, they're going to be looking at, well, like, well, oh, why would we do this inside our organization? Well, maybe you can't afford not to because that's how people are behaving. And sometimes organizations are slow to pick up on the natural way that we are living as human beings because they don't see how it could apply. Well, we're talking in this podcast about how it could apply. I do have some stats for you, John. Well, go for it. A 2021 Cantar study of American employees found that 83% of respondents are interested in getting company news via podcasts. And they also found that 78% 
would like to hear from company leadership via internal podcasts. Ding, ding, ding. Hold on. (laughs) Hello. If you're not listening, this is the moment to pay attention, leaders. Podcasts are popular among Americans with 39% tuning in at least once per month, a number expected to rise as more folks realize their value and hop on board. Uh, One stat that I find is super interesting. More Americans listen to a podcast each week than have a Netflix account. 80 million compared to 69 million. So if you're thinking maybe this is a small audience, it's not, clearly. Ed, you're talking about diversity and inclusion, Matt, right? The podcast listenership is more diverse than the United States population. Wow. I'm not sure I can get my brain around that, but okay. Awesome. Well, if you are not already thinking about this and you have your leader in an organization, start thinking about it. And if you're sitting there wondering, well, how do I even bring this up? I would recommend that you reach out to the Queued Up podcasting team and get a couple of those case studies. Uh, you certainly could reach out to me too, but you know, to help you think about that. But there's a way to position this to your leaders where I think you can make a compelling case for bringing something like this forward in your organization. So John and Matt, you know, we've talked a lot about the benefit and the value uh, that organizations could realize in implementing an internal podcast. But what are some of the tactical considerations that they might need to think about when they're setting up an internal podcast? Well, the first two things that I think are most important is you need to know what goal you have and who your target audience is. So if you're aiming at a specific division, if you're aiming just at your leaders, if you're aiming at lower level employees, all of that stuff is going to dictate what type of content you put out. Same thing with your goal. If you don't have a goal, you don't know how you've measured success. You don't know what aims you're trying to have. So those are really your two first big ones. The next one is budget. You know, how much do you want to budget toward this, both in financial terms as well as time terms? That's the issue with any internal thing is how do we go ahead and, and, and structure this? How does it make sense? Who are we pulling away from other things? Do we have a dedicated person in here or do we get a dedicated team like queued up to come in and help do these things? Uh, then you have to figure out who will host. Again, are you dragging someone from HR over to go ahead and do it? Do you have someone that can speak eloquently, that, that can give off the right tones? Do you grab a CEO or a C-suite executive in there? How are listeners going to get your podcast? We've mentioned a little bit that they, if you want to have it be private, uh, there are some services out there that do private hosting for your podcast itself. If you're cool with having it be available publicly, if you want to go ahead and again espouse those views, maybe not just internally, then there are a lot of other options, but figuring out kind of what you want to do on that front, as well as how are you going to get it to your listeners? How are you going to tell them that you even that you have a podcast now? Those things can be through newsletters, bulletin boards, leaders giving the information down further. But what content are you going to have to reach your goals and target audience? And we talked a little bit about that throughout this podcast of some different ways that you can uh, do different things. And then how do you measure success, which goes all again, all the way back to that goal of how do you figure out whether or not the podcast is working for you? And really the, the best stat there is how much of an episode are people listening to? That's great. So those are all, I think, really good considerations. And sort of to recap what I heard, and you can keep me honest here, is one, budget, two, what's your goal, three, what's your target audience, four, who's going to host this or who's going to own it effectively, 
Five, how are your listeners going to consume it? Six, what content will you have to reach those audience or you know, to reach those individuals? And then seven, how do you measure success? Absolutely. Those, those are the seven ways that I think everybody, if you're thinking about any internal communication, much less a podcast, those are the things you probably need to be thinking about. Good point. Good point. So um, it's nice to know that you do communications consulting too, gentlemen, not just podcast consulting. This is great. Thank you so much for sharing some of this information today. If um, people are interested in this, I, I personally would recommend that you reach out to the Up podcasting team and to John and Matt. I know that from my own personal experience starting a podcast, I did go in with this rather naive um, notion that, gee, this is easy. I can just uh, record on my iPhone and somehow it's going to magically appear and and voila. So it's not quite that simple. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to do it well, I would recommend hiring people who know what they're doing. So John and Matt, how can folks reach out to get some information on getting started with an internal podcast or external podcast? Maybe this you know, triggers some new ideas for our listeners. Super simple, Jen. Our website, mypodcastagency.com. Oh, that is a good URL. How did you snag that? <laughs> I know, right? Snap. That's good. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining this week of our episode of Survive and Thrive podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this different perspective that we offered on this podcast on how to engage your audience and communicate potentially a little more effectively in your organization. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive.